Nowadays, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast not BS. Sold in semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Sold in semantic. Yeah, man, Big up to the man now. Sold in semantic. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, smash the like button, leave your comments, and here we fucking go. Dave, you ready? I'm ready. Dude. You ready, we were Dave? At the, we were what? at the Valuetainment headquarters. This is something I've waited a very long time for since the start of the podcast. Mm. Okay? Adam, I've been following you for quite a while. Your pot, your, the SauceCast has done quite a switch. Yeah. Very bit, considerable switch. You were doing the money thing. And then you kind of went, and I'm not going to necessarily put you in the Rolo sphere necessarily, but <laughs> you know, even though you, you think Rolo's a cool guy, right? I'm cool with Rolo yeah, for I sure. Think he, I think he's really cool. So he obviously has the Red Pill Talk, and then mm-hmm. there's Fresh and Fit, which you've been on. Of course. So now you've really switched over from just money, finance, and investment mm-hmm. to a lot of the dating. Yeah. Right. So real quick to introduce you, okay? Mm-hmm. Adam Sosnick, a fellow Hebrew. I didn't bring any bagels and locks. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I had a bagel this morning. We're good. Did you actually? Yeah. And it's Pat's birthday, so we just came back from I, lunch. By the way, I, birthday, I, was, yeah. I wasn't sure if he was going to be here, but it was, I figured it was pretty cool to come on his birthday. Yeah. You know? And if we have time, hopefully we'll catch him on the way out. That would be awesome. That would be, dude. I, when I, I met him briefly at, at the vault. At the vault, yeah. I didn't get a chance. There were so many people there. I shook his hand. I didn't realize the guy was like 7'3", but. Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> he's very tall, dude. In addition to be smart, cool, funny, successful, attractive, good-looking, suave dude, he's also six fucking four. Right. So, like, dude. just to like add injury to insult, it's like, Jesus, Pat, you really mm. got it all. So that's yeah, uh, God, that's my boss. As the Tate man says, God has favorites. Yeah, man, that's true for sure. Okay, so to quickly introduce Adam for whoever doesn't know, Adam is someone who has you've done a lot of investment you work for the valuetainment media team mm-hmm. patrick but is the ceo adam is everywhere patrick is wherever you see patrick you generally see adam yeah and adam right hand man yes, co-host sir. yes sir and it's an absolute absolute honor to be sitting with you thank you so much for the opportunity thank dude. you rafi thank yes. you for coming here to Fine. uh valuetainment we did it Fine, and we're doing a little salute l'chaim it takes happy new year happy new year <laughs> well cool He's also the uh, the podcast host of the Sauce Cast. Correct. You've had some interesting guests, man. Yeah, you had some very interesting guests. Having fun. Yeah, That's man, the we... one thing that we're doing here is that we're having fun. Like the running joke uh, for Valuetainment is Pat PBD is the value, and Adam over here he's the tainment. I'm right. like I am totally good with that, bro. I like to have a good time. So Valuetainment, we tend to have a lot of value. Some tainment. Sometimes it's a lot more tainment and some value, but we're always infusing those two very important factors into everything we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I see it, man. I follow both, both channels. So first off, to kind of rewind a little bit, mm-hmm. to, go, to go back a few years, I know you were, you were in the party scene in Miami. Yep. Hold on. I, I smoke a vape too much. <laughs> okay. You so got to chill with the vaping, bro. Dude, What's with these young guys doing the vapes? I used to, Every girl I meet is vaping. It's like... As soon as there's booze in your system... Yeah. It's hard, man, because I smoked cigarettes in the army, and the vape was a little bit better in my head. It doesn't smell like shit, so I figured I would switch over. 
It's a tough addiction, man. Because yeah. you can smoke. You were in the IDF. I was. Yes. Oh, good for you. I was. It was thank nice. you for your service, too. Thank, dude, thank you, dude. Thank Israel. you for your service, dude. I, I, I have never served in the army, but I had many uh, of Jewish cousins that grew up here in the states in Detroit that actually went into the IDF. So I've got a lot of family and friends that have have done their service. I remember you you mentioning this, and I think that that was I knew you from before, but I remember you talking about the conflict with with Patrick. There was someone else on. Uh, so so Adam. Let's backtrack sure. a good several years. What were you doing long before Value Team? And I know you were a club promoter. Yeah. Okay, you were in the party scene. Uh, so my, uh, my elevator story, my elevator pitch is um, former jack of all trades in my early 20s. I was a nightlife guy, hospitality guy, South Beach guy. I did stand-up comedy. I was a substitute teacher. I tried to become a sports agent. I was playing basketball. I was just doing... Every side job, hustle under the sun, just to kind of, you know, meander through life. I mean, right. I, I did graduate college. I played, uh, I went to Florida State. I played football in North Carolina before I transferred to Florida State. So I was an athlete. I've always had connections with, with athletes, football, basketball. But much like most kids in their early 20s, you're just kind of like, I don't know, bro. Right. I'm no just trying to have it. fun and make some money and get laid and just have a good time and then just enjoy being a dude in Miami in your 20s and this was in the early 2000s for me and I was I, I was not interested in money like meaning I wasn't like trying to get the dopest job ever to make the million dollars I was just like I don't know I'm 23 years old what do you you know like have fun right and my I um I my biggest motivating factor was just networking okay so making connections like genuine real friendships connections um and still to this day I, I say i don't collect uh toys or material items i collect friends and i collect relationships so um around 2006 uh i was 25 26 at that point and my friends who had already been working real jobs for the last you know three to five years and started making real money you know 100 grand versus what I was making peanuts 20 mm -hmm. grand whatever I was making I was like hold on this idiot over here just made 70 grand on one real estate deal this guy I was like all right that's it I'm done I need to get a real job like that's a real what it career takes, dude that's what it takes yeah Suddenly. you're seeing like your counterparts and they're like hold on this guy's making money what that dude who was throwing up every Saturday night getting trashed and suddenly he's totally has his shit together it's it's a yeah, yeah it's a so trip. that that's what it kind of came down to for me and um i just i knew myself if i was in miami um as far as everything i was doing and nightlife and friends and connections i probably would have uh lost focus so i had an opportunity uh, i knew a, i had a connection uh for a, a financial firm a startup hedge fund financial type firm mm. up in boca mm. and um I said, all right, screw it. What do I got to lose? I got, you know, no money. I'm, I'm not doing anything like of significance uh, as far as uh, compensation wise. And I took a job as a cold caller for a startup financial firm in Boca for a company called Welcome Funds. Uh, fast forward, that's 2006. We're in 2022 now. 16 years later, I'm the VP of sales at Welcome Funds. And we're one of the largest life settlement brokerage companies in the country. Wow. Uh, is what we do. And I was employee number three. And I started off as, 
like literally cold caller number seven, right? And just worked my way up and up and up and up. And um, was it a big office? Or was it a small small board? office? Uh, we when I joined, it was one of the first few guys. Um, but starting at a company, you know, on an infancy ground level stage. And then we ballooned up to like 40, 50 employees, 2008, we started making money and then everything crumbled. And then it took a few years for, you know, 2008, 2009, when the whole world was kind of falling apart at that point. Um, and I, I had to make a decision. Um, do I want to double down on this career path or go find another career? Because we had lost our funding and there was a few years of just kind of mediocrity, uh, mm-hmm. not making a ton of money at that point after I, I started to initially make some money. Um, and boom, I stuck with it. And by 2011, 2012, it's almost like the light switch went back on. I quit it to like, you've seen uh, Forrest Gump, Bubba Gump, yeah, when the, and the, he got all the shrimp. And our firm just started getting all the shrimp, but I started making some serious money. What, uh, were, you, what were you making at the time, at your peak? At the peak, I went from making, the most that I had ever made in my life was 25 grand. Right. And then I started making that every month. And then I started making 50 grand a month. So oh I'm making God, a half dude. a million bucks a year. And um, this is a guy in his late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s. And I'm like, this is insane. And I, so I, when it comes to money, I've always said that you have offense and you have defense. Your offense is the money that you bring in the door. That's your income, right? Your defense is is limiting expenditures and i've always been good at defense because i didn't have any freaking money <laughs> right so once i started implementing a good offense making six figures quarter million half a million it's like it everything kind of um fell into place so i did that i still do that um and then i started a show uh in 2016 just to teach millennials how to save that money like everything i've learned from being in the business right i remember and um I know that's kind of all over the table, but basically just to kind of give a, a final button on that, I met Patrick Bet David in 2012 at a financial conference working out in the gym. Real quick, did yeah. you not think Patrick was, was initially Jewish too? Well, Bet David, because uh, Ben is the son of. Right. Bet in Judaism, right? In Hebrew, the son of. Like I had friends, Ben... Shalom, whatever. whatever like, I don't want to start naming people's names. Bet would ben mean like the house of David. Bet is the house of David, but I guess, it's... in Persian. So I met him in the in the gym, 2012, um, and he was a, became a friend, mentor, buddy, colleague in the industry. Um, and I always just stayed in touch with him. So to wrap this all up, jack of all trades, financial guy, podcast host. But the common theme is if you're asking, like Adam, what are what are you what do you do? I would say that I excel in networking. That is my biggest skill set. It's whatever room I'm in, whatever bar I'm in, whatever club I'm in, whatever conference room, whatever event, uh, understanding social dynamics, understanding mm-hmm. how to network, when to talk, when to shut up, who to talk to, who to pay attention to. I think that's so important, especially these days. Everything's Zoom, everything's kind of on social media. But uh, for the longest time, understanding how humans operate in a social setting has been a very important skill set. And that's something, whether it was from me being a club promoter, doing stand-up comedy, being a school teacher, being at financial conferences, doing podcasts, that's something that came very natural to me. And I excel at that. All of those things give you a different 
kind of edge, right? A substitute teacher, the kids. The club promoting, the nightlife, the partying, drunk people, women, you got it with that, right? All that, yeah, correct. You, the business side with the with the uh, financial company, mm-hmm. you got that very professional yeah. network. Sometimes scene. there's drunk people there, too. Uh, yeah, right, the, dude, often, so, often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, meeting at the bar, I think, is... Uh, but is they, something that transcends any industry. I'll meet you at the bar. Yeah, but they try to at least we all put on some sort of correct. That, you know? um, okay, so that I definitely see that without a question. It's very clear. How do you think? Because I also think that this comes naturally to me too. You know, when I when I am in any big room, I'll make my way around. It really is a science, but for some people, you, it just kind of clicks, mm-hmm. right? Eh, don't be too desperate. Don't be too needy. Do your thing. Talk to one person. Talk to the other. There, I mean, there are many nuances. We can go into it. But Correct. what do you think somebody can do to help fix that if they really, really suck at it? They're very shy. They're very... <laughs> yeah, they, well... What are some things I, they can I do? I think, you know, I'm not saying that it's this binary, but there's introverts and there's extroverts, mm-hmm. right? We're familiar with this with these terms. You know, I read the book. I wasn't a big reader as a kid or in high school. I mean, I I did what I had to do. But a book that definitely shaped my life was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And if you're naturally an extrovert and if you're naturally a people person, you read a book like that and things will just click. Mm. Um, If you're more of an introvert, you're going to have to come out of your shell more than an extrovert would have to do just very naturally. Mm-hmm. So A, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert, right? And both have their pros and cons, right? I know extroverts who I constantly have to say, dude, like shut your mouth. Like you're just like, you're talk, you're doing too much, right. right? And I know introverts where it's like, buddy, like get off being a wallflower, like step it up. So everyone knows either either they know what they need to improve or they need to be around somebody that can kind of, help them improve. So for instance, a challenge that I had being an extrovert as a 25, 26 year old young guy that came into the financial services business, a mentor told me that said, Adam, you can't talk to these 50, 60 year old financial advisors like they're your buddies. I would walk into a room like, yo, what up guys? And like, they'd be like, dude, I'm You 60. said it like that verbatim. You said, yo, what up guys? I would, that's just me, right? right, right? right, right. And I would, hey, what up? You know, like just, and my, a buddy of mine would say, dude, like a mentor, like, listen, I get it, but you're not in the club. Like you're going to turn some people off, but you're also going to maybe gravitate towards people that you, that kind of are interested in you. So I did kind of have to button it up a little bit, um, especially, you know, amongst more refined, older, wealthier crowd. Um, but there is like now these days that I've been doing this for 15, 16 years, I double down on who I really am. You know, like I'll be very open and upfront because I've have the reputation and the skill set. My reputation precedes me. I've been doing this for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert at what I do. I can kind of speak freely. But at, as a young person, you kind of have to be a chameleon. I think that's right. people use the word chameleon sometimes in a bad way. Oh, he's he's a chameleon. You can't trust a guy like that. You know, but. There's also good sides of being a comedian, you know, like I pride myself that I could go sit down in a room with CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and have a genuine conversation. Or I could go talk to dudes in the hood about anything and everything and relate to them. So being a chameleon kind of works for you and against you, depending on who's using it. But um, reading a room, knowing where you stand, but also understanding who you are in context of the room, 
I think is very important. It's so nuanced. Patrick brought this up. First off, he brought the introvert and extrovert thing up several times. A lot of the time, it's certain introverts that are highly, highly successful. Yeah. Extroverts, we all think the extroverts are the only ones that succeed. I do think if you were to average it out, though, there were probably more successful extroverts, I would say. I don't have the yeah. stats. I mean, I think it depends on also the the type of business. That's very so true. So if you're in real estate, like, you got to get out there, bro. Like, your entire job 100%. is selling the dream and selling right. the vision and, and parading people around gorgeous homes and right. what making them, what if you one day you woke up, you're on the ocean, right? Um, but... The person, may, you know, it's very important if that if that's who you are, right? To maybe have someone on your team or a partner who's the exact opposite, right? Like the, the yin and the yang, right? The up For and sure. the down, the left and the right to kind of complement your skill sets with what you're lacking. Like, for instance, I'm part of the reason that I'm having success with Valuetainment and why I need them just as much as they need me is because I suck at anything technical. Like the running joke is like, hey, Adam, uh, would you, uh, do you need your help plugging in your phone charger? <laughs> it's like, because one time I tried to plug it in, I literally scraped my knuckle on the, I'm like, they're like, what? I'm like, I don't do any editing, producing, cutting. I don't like, do editing either, bro. Like whatever you're doing do, here, the fact that you even set up this podcast is beyond impressive to me. Thank you. Because my you. whole role here is just everything's good to go. The lights are on, the camera's rolling. Start talking, bro. I'm like, all right, I got you. I can right, talk. Right. Anything technical. So for me, as I would say, like a very extreme extrovert, I need an extreme introvert to be like, I got you. Everything's taken care of. I will give you Same a compliment, bro. though. Um, and I'm going to throw myself under the bus, but I, while I compliment you, you've been very persistent in trying to make a connection with myself, with Valuetainment. Um, hey, what's up? When do you want to do a podcast? I am horrible, the worst at responding to DMs. The worst. Let me interject. Right? Yes. The older me, before I did the podcast, mm-hmm. my pride, my because I, since I was younger, I never had a crazy celebrity. You know, I'm not gonna say crush because I'm you know, guys don't do that. I mean, no. listen, maybe they, well they do, I guess, but I would never even the most famous person. I would never run up to them and be like, oh my god, it's you. I just I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But I definitely there are people I admire, right? If I see you, I see Patrick. You, your people, you, you were guys I, I admire. You're, you're very successful, right? So when I'm sitting there DMing you over and over and over and over, <laughs> my pride, to, to an extent, it's like, kind of feel like I'm kissing ass, but it's like I have a goal in mind. I'm determined. They don't know me from Adam, and they're, gonna, they're not going to reciprocate or respond probably unless I continue to do what I have to do. Yeah, follow-up is key. And I understood that, and I said, you know what, if I have to, you know, suck it up and, and do it I'll do it mm-hmm. and at the end of the day I know that once I get in touch with people yeah. and I have a conversation I have a knack for this man yeah well well, so. what I'll say to you is so by the way I've this is something I need to work on I have probably a thousand unread DMs it's, uh, I probably need to hire someone to just do the DMs or the people are just yes. whoever is DMing you is not consistent <laughs> um, no it's just uh, something I'm bad at but Going back to my networking thing, you came up to me at a networking event. You're like, do you know me? I'm like, ah, man. You're like, Rafi Pinsky, have you, ah, how you doing? Of course, what's up? I think at that point, we exchanged numbers, emails, what have you. And now look at us right now. Just, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm sort of like, social media is one of those things where it's like the DMs or who knows what happens in there. But 
real life connections when you shake someone's hand and you say, hey, I'm here for this event and I'm a real person. We're standing at the bar where we met, I think is where it was. You know, that, that's 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 more natural to me. 100%. So kudos to you for staying persistent. But uh, in real life, it uh, it uh, transcends DMs. 100%. Because there's another thing when it comes down to when it comes down to having a podcast, a lot of podcasters, and some of them have bigger channels than I do, they're very uh, inter- interrogative. I don't know if that's a word, but they, they sit there and interrogate the guest. Mm-hmm. And the guest kind of sits there like, so what do you do? What, what's your favorite color? What kind of women do you like? Tits or ass? What do you do? And they're just like, have a fucking conversation. Yeah. There's a microphone and a, and a pair of headphones, but we're talking. That's it. It's that simple. You know, and for, but for some people, it's very difficult. To find things to say, to mm-hmm. continue the conversation. My goal is if you're doing most of the talking. Well, that's that's sales these days. You, like I grew up um, watching, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, Wall Street, Boiler Room. I mean, not Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio, but that Glenn Gary, Garen Ross, all that. And it was selling at that point was telling. We have the best product. This is why you need to buy. This is how it works. You're an idiot if you don't do Selling today um is question based if like you're doing the interviewing right now mm-hmm. you should be speaking you know the 80 20 rule you should be speaking 20% of the time the guest should be speaking 80 same thing in sales it's as the salesman or the real estate salesperson or you know the mortgage broker whatever it is you should be asking questions and the client or the customer or the guest should be responding in kind. And that's how you can find out what they're looking for, what they need, what they want. Uh, So I think that's a very important strategy for people to understand that if you're talking too much as the salesperson, you're doing it the wrong way. 150%. I think, and and I, I learned from mentors who talk about this, Generally, people who talk too much usually don't have the knowledge or experience. And I've been there, bro. Like I, <laughs> I've been in real estate for two years. I'm not. I've been doing it for a while, and that's something I've had to make sure to focus on. But I've I've gotten much better at it. So now we've we've talked a lot about networking. We've talked about what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, very impressive as a Jew that you play sports. <laughs> nice. The running joke with all my buddies, like if you ask anyone that I grew up in Miami or whatever my age group, they'd be like. Adam Sazig is the best Jewish athlete in South Florida. I'm like, thanks, guys. That's like being like, Adam Sosnick is the tallest midget in South Florida. <laughs> it's like it's like a compliment, but also a, uh, it's a, it's a dig at the, at the same time. Backhanded compliment. But yeah, the running joke is that for a Jew, I'm, I'm pretty good. But that uh, still got a little bit left in the tank. But I'm not trying to do anything more than... Uh, what was it, basketball? What was it, primary? I was an uh, all-county football player, wide receiver, and um, third-team all-county basketball. Although I was better at basketball, I had better stats in football. Um, I played football in college, but I also played some summer league um, and semi-pro in basketball. Uh, point guard, wide receiver. Um, I think I'm just like a good team player. I understand in business and in life and in sports – it's so important to understand where you fit in the context of the team or the organization. So I know that like I wasn't the number one scorer or the best three point shooter or the guy, the speedster. I knew that I was a smart person, team player, 
good at passing, good at reading a defense. You know, I, I knew my role. So as a point guard or as like a uh, wide receiver slash uh, athlete, I knew where I could get in. I knew where I didn't, my strong suits weren't. Yeah. Um, and even with, you know, with Pat, I've said this before, it's very important to know that, hey, you're the number two guy. And I'm totally comfortable being the number two guy. And I, I just heard you guys talk. About yeah, this. I, I talked about this on Fresh and Fit. Is that here at Value Tame, right, Pat's the on one. Fresh and fit. That was on Fresh and Fit. Right. Pat's the number one guy. He's the CEO. It's his company. He built this. What kind of idiot would I have to be? What kind of ego would I have to have to come in and be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm the man. Why? Why is Pat getting all the glory? It's like, bro, be the fucking number two. Be the best number two out there. Right. And I didn't. That that comes natural to me because in high school. There was a player on my team, Terrell, one of my best friends. He was all-county first-team basketball. He was number one. I was the assist guy. Got that, right? Um, when I started in the nightlife business, I was the promoter, nightlife face. I wasn't the owner of the club, my right. boy Keith. Right. He owned it. He was number one. With my buddy Chris that played in the NBA and ended up marrying Kim Kardashian and the whole thing. I was a groomsman. Like, so I experienced that whole situation being the number two, whereas he was the guy on all the tabloids. So you have to understand what number you are on the team. And I have to say, I'm totally cool being the number two guy on the best team in the league. Yeah, Like Clay Thompson, he has to recognize, bro, I'm not Steph. I'm the number two guy. You want to chime you know? in? I know you want to chime in right now. Okay. Bro. Bobby Bowden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I didn't, no, I didn't see no, I saw no playing time whatsoever. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do another, bro. We'll get you a mic. Dude, don't worry about it. You got one. No, it's all good. Yeah, we'll, we'll but no, go. just understanding, like, Scotty Pippen, he's a number two. That's amazing. Yeah. A lot of people can't, they, they don't have the ability to, a lot of wide receivers, especially in the NFL, they're like, I'm the guy, AB, I'm the guy. Yeah, of I'm course. The guy, and they lose it. You have to lock that mentality. You're your ego is not your amigo is what it comes down to. Yeah, that's a good one. If you're, if you're like, are you, are you looking for individual success or are you looking for team success? I'm looking for team success. I, like, for instance, with Valuetainment or even my other, my firm, I want us to be the the baddest media company out there. I want us to be the fucking best YouTube entrepreneur channel in the world. And do you want, you know, half of a watermelon or do you want a hundred percent of a grape? I'll take the half a watermelon all day, every day, baby. So, you know, and by the way, it's not even a number two. You might be number seven, right? You might be the third guy off the bench, whether it's in sports or in business. But be the fucking best number seven on that team. Like, for instance, I'm a big NBA guy, right? Like, to be the sixth man, like Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year. Be the best number six guy that comes off the number guy that comes off the bench. There's no shame in that, right? Everyone wants to be the starter and get all the eyeballs. But, you know, I remember a question was, uh, who had a better career, Charles Barkley or Robert Ory? I don't know if you if you're basketball fans. Charles Barkley, I know if I don't know who wrote. Charles Barkley was a Hall of Famer. Um, there it is. 
We got to get this guy a mic. I know, right? Um, I'm not, by the way, I'm not a big sports guy. That's okay. Why. Well, I'm just giving, this is why I'm trying to, you know, give greater context, whether it's sports or a, a media company or a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. corporation. Charles Barkley never won any championships. He had individual success. His team never reached the pinnacle. Robert Ori was the third, fourth, or fifth best player in whatever team he played on. But he was known as Big Shot Bob because he stepped up in big games. And he's won like six championships. So who had a better career? He's a team player. He was a the team guy player. that won six championships but never made it. You know, he wasn't an MVP. Or a guy that was an MVP that never won any championships. For me, like, great. Charles Barkley's the man. Great career. Robert Orr, six championships. You can't beat this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the pinnacle. So if you want to win or do you want individual success, I'm all about team success and winning. And I'll gladly be the number two here at Valuetainment. Or the number four, whatever it is, if we're having massive success. Right. That's very valid. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think about that with with my podcast, right? I think about if I had the opportunity to join something bigger than what I have, obviously it has massive upside. But then I feel like maybe I lose a bit of the individuality is what I'm nervous about. So that's what I think about. That's kind of my my, I'm not sure, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, we can definitely. By the way, you said you're not a sports guy. I a UFC, but I'm not even crazy about that. I'm into it. But, oh, so what to, sport did you play as a I kid? Was, I was actually good at basketball. You were good stuff. at basketball. I was, yeah. Wasn't yeah, well, amazing. I'm, I'm sure you were a lot better. But <laughs> I was good. I was a very good dribbler. I had a good three point shot. Uh, I couldn't dunk. I was shorter. Okay. Um, but I was good. I used to play all the time when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, the reason I ask you is just just so I understand. But if you're a tennis player or a golfer, right, or a bowler. You know, pick a sport, a wrestler, or a boxer. Mm-hmm. You're not on a team. You're an individual. Okay, so you're accustomed to winning and losing by yourself. Yourself. I've always been a basketball player, a football player, a baseball player, and the team concept resonates with me. Right. So that's why I was so eager and lucky to be a part of Valuetainment because I was essentially doing what you're kind of doing—a solopreneur in the media space. And I was running and gunning and doing my own thing and having some decent success. But for me, I needed to be a part of something bigger than myself to feel like I'm truly winning. And I'm just happy I'm on the uh, the rocket ship. There's a famous quote by um, uh, Sheryl Sandberg, you know, the former CFO of, uh, of, uh, of Facebook, COO of Facebook. Oh, okay. She says, uh, if you have the opportunity to be on a rocket ship, don't waste your time arguing what seat you're on. Just get on the rocket ship. And that's how I view myself at value, Valuetainment is, you know, anyone who tell you here, for two years, I was jack of all trades at Valuetainment. I was corporate sponsorships. I was the podcast guy. I was doing t-shirts. I was, I'll sweep up. I don't give a shit. Just <laughs> let me get, let me get on the rocket ship and I'll figure out what happens. Eventually I'm co-host of the PBD podcast and I have my own podcast and, we're doing stuff like this, but initially I was like, "Where do you want me to sit on the rocket ship? Back of the back of the bus, front? You want me in the co-pilot? I don't care to get me on the rocket ship." And that's sort of the team player mindset that I have. I, I like it. Yeah, I've I've definitely gone the solo solopreneur route. I mean, we'll see where it takes me. Um, You're how old, Rafi? Twenty eight. Twenty eight, dude. I'm wow. a young man, a young buck. It's the beard. The beard fools you. The beard. Uh, this guy could be fifty two, or he could be twenty eight. I don't know. But uh, wise beyond your years. Had quite a life, my friend. Yeah. Quite a life. Well, that's what happens when you go to the IDF and you've seen some shit. 
that's that's a conversation in and of itself. We can talk <laughs> about it. But I but I, I want this to be yeah. more about you. So hopefully, God willing, you'll have me on at some point. So we had so in terms of the in terms of dating, feminism has I don't even know when feminism officially became a thing. I mean fifties, maybe the sixties, seventies. Now all over social media, as you know, we're seeing this kind of war, this civil war uh between men and women, right? There's almost this distaste that men have for women and vice versa. And I find it I find it very interesting because there's I mean, you have the Fresh and Fit, you have Rich Cooper, you have uh uh Rolo Tomasi, you have the roommates which are kind of more filtered. I feel like Hafiz is a bit softer. He's gone pretty heavy on OnlyFans girls on Fresh and Fit. I've seen him. He was just on my show the other day. He, uh, he's not him. very red to... pill. Hafiz. Right. Well, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I don't the rest hear... of those guys are, are I a little more red pill. You, I want to hear what you think about that because Rolo has talked about Hafiz. This, this topic has become very, very fascinating to me. Yeah. Be- and we'll go into it in a moment. First off, where do you stand, dude? Do you... <laughs> now, because la- I feel like there's a bit of a stigma labeling yourself red pill. Mm-hmm. Even if uh, you might be a closeted one, you might not want to say that you you are out in the open. So where do you kind of feel you stand in this whole situation? Yeah, because- well, let me give you some context to why I'm even in this conversation or I'm sure. even in this space is that for years and years and years, uh, especially for content, I was just doing money content. That was something that I felt very passionately about and still do uh, because I went from my, you know, broke as a joke, uh, you know, literally broke telling jokes to a millionaire by the age of 35. I was, you know, in my early 20s crashing on friends' couches and by my mid to late thirties, I had NBA players staying in my extra room on my couch type of thing. So like in a 10 year window, I figured some shit out. Right. And you know, my calling, or at least I felt my calling at that point, my passion was helping young people understand how money works and just breaking money down in a language that they could understand coming from like an older brother type rather than like, the old guy in the 401k speech kind of a thing. So that was something I felt very passionate about. And I was doing that content for years and years and years and years. And I've done hundreds and thousands of conversations regarding money. Dave Ramsey. Correct. And I, I viewed myself as like, if Dave Ramsey and Howard Stern kind of started a show together, that was, you know, who Adam Sosnick is, right? Right now, it's very much like that. Right now, it's Correct. especially when you had Lisa Ann on, dude, that was completely that... Correct. When I saw that when I saw her face on it, I said, "Whoa!" <laughs> You're like, "I've uh, seen her content." Before. Uh, See, I've so read it, I read her in the paper. When I came to Valuetainment again, just saying, "Hey, Pat, like, what do you want me to do?" He's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" I'm like, "Well, I want to do this money content," and and he's like, "All right, cool. You don't want to, you know, deviate from that." I'm like, "No, I'm good." And that was uh, 2019, 2020 when I first started with with Valuetainment. Um, 2021. Uh, we started to have a little bit more success still with the money stuff. Uh, but Pat had a conversation with me, uh, December of 21. And he said, do not go into the new year doing the exact same thing you've always been doing. And you constantly have to reinvent yourself. So what does that mean for you as Adam Sosnick, the person and Adam Sosnick, Sos, Soscast, 
the content creator. And he says, here's what I think you should do. You tell me. Because I've already kind of was like, nah, I'm good on that. And he's like, I think you should spend a lot more time, in addition to money, talking about dating, relationships, networking, partying, so going was, out. So this was a conversation was, Pat and I were having really? for a while Interesting. where I was like, yeah, Pat, I don't know. Like, let me just do the money I didn't thing. Know Pat pushed that, by oh, the way. Pat I was, actually thought it was the other way around. No, no, no. Pat was pushing it. Interesting. Because he's like, dude, you live in South Beach. You've been in the nightlife world. You know all the NBA guys. You know party people. Like, you know, you have all these connections. Why not embrace that? I'm good for it now. Thank you. Uh, and, I, and initially, I was like, no, let me just kind of build what I'm doing. Sauce talks money. And then finally, that resonated with me because I, I do believe in like your comfort zone will kill you. That's something that I've written down on a plaque on my desk. I was just getting comfortable doing the money stuff. And he's like, get uncomfortable. It also did help that our office moved from Boca to Fort Lauderdale. And as you know, it wasn't Boca, yeah. Yeah, it, okay. you know, being from Miami, you can get people from Miami to come to Fort Lauderdale. It's a half hour drive versus Boca. It's a hour drive. It's a big difference. So for me, you know, my show is about getting all types of people to come into the studio and do interviews. Wait, can we quit, Adam hold this because yeah. I need to say this. We've talked about ego before. When you initially agreed to have me on, you said, hey, bro, come to Boca. And my idiot ass, right? And it, that was even earlier on when I, I don't know, I had maybe 400 subscribers. I said, no, I got to have him come to me because it's my studio, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, 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 and I remember I spoke to Mike. Did you, you know Mike Barayev? He has the solar company? Yes. Okay. Mike. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, bro, are you fucking stupid? He, he's like, are you? And I looked at him and I was like, bro, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> It's but like, everything works out for a reason. You're here in Fort Lauderdale. Hundred, good. But but look, but I know you agree. There's mm -hmm. no question. But it's like, especially if you have a certain opportunity. All right. So you bring your equipment. You do a podcast. Call it a day. Yeah. But, it, but quite frankly, it depends on who it is. It really does. If it, we're going to call a spade a spade, it depends on who the person is. Mm -hmm. uh, now, back to you. When we moved to Fort Lauderdale, I said, "All right, cool. I can do this. I can bring in." I wanted to get female perspectives on money, right? Like who pays on dates? If you, you know, just everything. Do you care what kind of car a guy drives? Like we're still talking money, but from a female perspective. So when I started the Sozcast, which is, you know, a different brand from what I initially started, which was Soz Talks Money, um, it became where finance meets romance, right? So like, the blend of these two concepts. Cause one of the things I always say is, you know, money isn't, doesn't just live in a vacuum. You don't just make money and just, I have money. It's you spend it on what you use it on what you invest it in what, right. To go on dates, to buy a house, to live your life, to go on vacation, to treat your girl, to buy an engagement ring. Like I've done all those things. So yeah, you bought an engagement ring. <laughs> yeah. You've been engaged. It's a whole nother story. I didn't know this. Okay. Um, so that was initially the, the, the concept of this new found show, Sazcast, finance, romance. And then we started having people come on. Like we had Rolo come on, uh, Rolo Tomasi, shout out to Rolo. We came on PBD podcast. I said, you'd be great for me to interview. And then when I started realizing about what he was doing, this was earlier this year, and this concept of getting red pilled and fresh and fit and all that, and Rich Cooper and Andrew Tate, um, these were people I wasn't familiar with. But I was sort of entering this space. But again, being in nightlife and 
partying. I've I've known social dynamics and and how you know female male uh, social dynamics very well. So it came very natural to me. So when I started hosting these conversations, men, women, uh, dating coaches, intersexual dynamics coaches like Rolo, Fresh and Fit podcasters, porn stars Lisa Ann, Nikki Benz, Lexus wild. Texas. Uh, feminists. I'm not going to act like I don't know who. who are. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you know, feminists, uh, stay-at-home mothers, uh, all that, all the above. You know, I view myself as more of like an arbiter of truth. I'm going to have people come on my show, and I'm going to treat everybody equally. I don't have a predisposition to who wins this conversation, and I'm just going to have a conversation and say, "All right, cool. You're. Why do you believe this? Why do you believe this? What are your thoughts on what he's saying? What are your thoughts? Well, no, you're kind of contradicting yourself. You just said this. Well, is it you know, double edged sword, whatever it is, and I just kind of invite these conversations because a, I'm intrigued, uh, and I think that uh, the money stuff was good and valuable, but again, back to that attainment side of things. This is people like talking good. about relationships and dating, and and we've seen what happened with Andrew Tate oh, and our by interview the way, we did with that Tate. That interview was fucking incredible it was best one without question the best one he has done with anybody yeah and you were doing most of the talking i wouldn't say most of the talking i was asking some questions pat was doing a lot of talking people don't know pat was a little under the weather that day Oh, he was and i was like pat like get a good night rest i got you i'm your number two you know if i you know we were smoking cigars drinking i'll i'll ask a lot of the questions but but tate's a g he's a he's a He's a total G. He can carry a conversation, that guy. The, kids, the guy's super articulate. We'll go into that. Let's go into yeah. that in a, moment, in a moment. First of all, would you date an OnlyFans girl? This is what <laughs> I wanted to ask you this for a long time. Uh, date? date? I have. Marry, settle down? I, I don't know date, about that. When we say date, we're not talking about casual hookup. We're not talking about a fuck buddy. We're talking about dating exclusively for the possibility. Probably of not, no. Okay. Can you, and you're okay with admitting that? Yeah, why? Fantastic. No, yeah, yeah. And some OnlyFans girl I know about to walk in the door. <laughs> no, I mean, there have been girls who, porn stars and OnlyFans girls who might now hate you. It is what it is. No, uh, I, look. I, you can, this, the question for me is an absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely. You would not. But absolutely I think not. one of the things that I always say is, uh, and I, I give men advice when it comes to money, life, dating, especially in Miami. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard not to do, but just keep this in mind. Don't fall in love with your eyes. What does that mean? I fall, you can go out every single night and fall in love with your eyes. All my oh my god, look at this girl! I love this girl! Oh my god, look at this girl! I love, look at this girl! I love every you go to a different club, different bar, different. You'll fall in love every single night, but that's with your eyes. Falling in love and truly being in a relationship—it's more than just your eyes. Okay, it's your brain, it's your heart, it's your soul, it's your agenda, it's your principles, your values, like who she is as a person, it's her family, it's your family. That's love. Falling in love with your eyes is fucking easy. Falling in love with your soul, that's a whole nother level of love, right? We need a lot more time on this podcast because there's <laughs> a lot to talk about. So I agree 100%. You're, 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 you have a couple of years on me. Yeah. Okay, you're a very good looking dude. Thank you, bro. And clearly, you've you've been around the block a little bit, as have I. And you know, I know. I've, it's, uh, by the way, Patrick, when he pokes fun at you for being single, I, I crack up. It's very funny. Yeah, you should have seen what we did on his on funny. the podcast today for his birthday. Did you see what we did or no? No. I didn't. <laughs> so the running joke. I'm 42, 
So the running joke is, Adam, if you get married okay. by 44, uh, you can have your entire wedding at my compound, at my estate for free wow. on PBD. Wow. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. save that money. That's wow. not so bad. Wow. 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 But if you don't, you have to buy me a full-on $10,000 ridiculous Armani suit. I'm like, you got a deal, buddy. That's, you know, it's a million-dollar wedding versus a $10,000 suit. He's giving you a massive So massive today, gift, yeah. you know, today is PBD's 44th birthday. And way, I thought he was older. Everyone thinks he's older. But, everyone thinks he's older just because he's so established and refined and yeah, just smart. Yeah. And it's like... The guy's got like the brain power of a 70-year-old and a 44-year-old body. So I said, what am I going to get this guy that's got everything? He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. What the fuck am I going to get this guy for his birthday? So um, I got him two things. I said, uh, number one, I went shopping and I got him all the accessories that come with the suit. The bow tie, the handkerchief, you know, uh, you know the, uh, the tie clip, a belt. As a down payment for this suit that I'll probably going to have to end up buying him. You feel me? Because... Chances of me getting married in the next year and a half are highly not likely. Um, but I said, you know, and then I gave him the next gift was I wrote like a, a like a poem, like a speech. Um, and there's a, a a rapper that I really admire. He's awesome. His name is Logic. Yeah, Logic's sure. awesome. And uh, he has a song called 44 Bars. And then there's another song called 44 More. And I took some of the lines from each of the songs and I cut them up that it literally sums up like Pat's life, like came from nothing. Who were you supposed to be? Now everybody's wondering who you are. And you know, you made all this money, but you're not going to blow it in a club because you want to save it for your kid's college and this whole rhyme. And the end of the song was like, you know, here's to the first 44. Now it's time for 44 more. Right. Wow. So like that was the bigger context of the gift and me explaining, you know, what value he's created as a leader, as a family man, as a, as a CEO, everything. Um, but the, the running joke was like, here's some, here's some accessories for that suit that I'll probably have to buy you. But, um, no, I have a feeling you're going to settle down very soon. Bro. <laughs> I, I know it sounds like absolute just blah, but I, I just have, a, I don't know. Well, Deep I've been, I've been close, uh, a, a couple times and, uh, I had one mulligan, uh, what I call a mulligan marriage, where it was just kind of like an engagement it didn't happen, blah, blah, on again, off again. What was she like? Uh, British. Blonde, beautiful British. Those three Bs. Blonde, you, beautiful British. Do you get any sort of a shit about the Jewish concept or it doesn't matter to you? Uh, I'd say no. Uh, I haven't dated a Jewish girl in a long time. Okay. I'm not opposed to it. Um, there's a Jewish girl I've been kind of talking to lately, but we'll see about that. But I think there's so many other factors that go into a healthy relationship other than just religion. There's just a lot more on the table that I think that I'm looking for. So I'm not going to give you the Jewish guilt bullshit. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, Rafi, don't turn into my mother right now, bro. <laughs> you have to do it for the generations. You got to keep it going. Ne we never so mind. Much. You we never lost, know. We lost so many. You got to keep it going. Yeah. But I will raise my kids Jewish. That's without I a prefer, doubt. I am very adamant about it. I, I will marry a Jewish woman. Yeah. At the end of the day, bro, there's a small number of us. If you fall in love with someone, she's whoever she is. Do your fucking thing, bro. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit there, especially just meeting you and give you a whole lecture, bro. I'm not in a place to do that, and I wouldn't do it anyway. Thanks, bro. You love someone, do your thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so now let's get to this. Let's get to the nitty gritty of the whole red pill. Thing. Oh, the red so, pill. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really address the uh, the 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 nuance of the question. Right, so, right. want me to get, keep going? No, no. I wanted to. I wanted to. Kind so of yeah. So there was sort of an aha moment that I had, right? 
So I started off doing man on the street interviews. And uh, so that came very natural to me, you know, stand up comedy. Vince Vaughn, by the way, very cool. Oh, the best. That's very my guy. Cool. And um, so it, that's just something that I've done and, and, and I've excelled at. And, um, you know, now that I work with a media company like Valuetainment that's established, I still do man on the street interviews, but it's a little more formal. We have a access, a press pass. We've got an area to do the interviews, a setup. But I still view it as like, yeah, I'm rolling up doing interviews. And I'll never forget, I, 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 this was you know, several months into me doing more of this relationship, finance, romance type conversations. And I was invited by Rolo and a guy called Donovan Sharp to the CME, which is the Conference for Masculine Excellence. Never heard of it. Didn't know anything about it. It was in Miami. Um, way, I heard Myron talk, was very impressed with it. Uh, f- he's okay. He's fit, fresh. Just real quick. Yeah, Walter. Yeah, f- I I want to meet both of them. I like the, I like both mm-hmm. of them. It's really interesting because fresh. And I know uh, uh, Myron busts his balls about not being articulate. It's very funny. <laughs> but I but that's an example of number two, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Because and I'm gonna say this, and they don't know me, and you know uh, he's heard it enough. But but uh, uh, fresh might think I'm a dickhead. It is what it is. If he if Myron wasn't in the picture, it would be very hard, if not impossible, for him to create that kind of channel. Okay, because Myron is carrying the channel. However, f- uh, what is his actual name? Does he Walter? His name is Walter. Yeah, Walter. What is it? Meeks or Weeks? Or Walter something? Weeks. Yeah, I think right. so. He is is a lot more tactful. He's a nicer guy. He's just friendly. Yeah. His power, sweet guy. His power is the networking. Correct. So a lot of people, you'll see shit in the comments of like. Oh, Myron could do it on his own. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Myron has a lot less patience. Yep. Myron just kicks people off left and right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and Walter, even though no one calls him that, is a Fresh. lot. He's a lot. He's just, he's, he's gentler. He has that yeah. softer touch. I think they'd make a very good pair. Well, the reason, you know, you know, the extrovert, the introvert, the technical person, the more salesy person, uh, no doubt Myron is more the, 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 the brains of the operation. He knows that content in and out. What people don't understand about Walt, his partner, for those of you that don't know the show or what we're talking about, he's the guy that's out there in the streets, networking, meeting people, talking to girls, talking to influencers, talking to rappers, and he's that guy, right? <laughs> Myron doesn't leave his apartment. He doesn't leave his apartment. Period. Like very rarely at all. So, so what's he doing? He's just either he's smashing, he's just, or, he's just smashing and working. That's correct. Smashing or in the gym. So, yeah. So and really, he doesn't socialize much. That's not his thing whatsoever. I mean, he says when he hits a million, which should be soon, he's very close. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll go out. But anyway, I met all these guys at this CME. Uh, to circle back to that, mm. and I was received with like ridiculous amount of attention and affection and appreciation. I was like, what? You guys even know who I am? They stopped a meeting and said, we have a special guest. He's here in the house today. They made me give a speech. I'm like, I've been doing this for like less than a year. This is so fucking weird. And people were just excited uh, for Valuetainment, the brand to be there, for, you know, the people that I've had on the channel, Rolo, Fresh and Fit, and, and Tate, like these types of people. I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is a real thing. So, um... That's when I kind of was like, oh shit, I'm kind of in this space. But for me, 
you know, a lot of you're in it, but you're in it, but you're kind of not. Well, they're, they're all they're all in it, and you're kind of on the outside, and they all accept you, but you're able to kind of like slide into your own. Yeah, world. because I think my whole thing is, look, I think at the end of the day, whether you're in the red pill space or you know blue pill, whatever you want to call it, for me, it's all about self improvement. Okay, and a lot of a lot of these conversations surround male self improvement. And I think that's to a greater extent what I'm doing. It's for me, as part of male improvement, self-improvement, I come from a, hey, get your finances together, get your life in order, get your, your wealth together, and then all the other stuff can kind of fall into place. So I come from like a save that money, have a career, grind it out, hustle, become a better version of yourself like financially, and then... Once that happens, as soon as you make more money and you have a bigger purpose and a higher status, then you'll have a nicer car, you'll have a nicer house, you'll get finer women, better things will happen. But if you try to do all those things, have nice clothes, cars, women, but your fucking money ain't right, you're just going to be a broke talker. So I'm not saying that's what the red pill guys are. I'm just saying my angle is I come from a... a, a a viewpoint of like work on yourself, work on your wealth, get your money right, and then everything else around that can kind of fall into place. But if you're working on everything else, but you don't have a career or an actual profession or specialty, it's going to be hard, very hard to do those other things. Right. So I just come from a different angle. But I very much do tend to agree with a lot of the red pill stuff, especially in regards to how women are and the, the court systems and the dynamics of all this and who's marriage material. Um, but you know, I'm coming, coming from like the inside out where they're maybe coming from the outside in. I think that's maybe a, d a decent difference between that's me fair. and traditional red pill guys. That's fair. I think, I mean, Rolo, Rolo is the, Rolo is the king of it. Um, in, in terms of red pill, I'm, I'm really trying to have, uh, by the way, I've been following up with him over and over He's read my messages. He said he would come. He was here and did podcasts with you. Yeah, we've done probably me, ten podcasts. Yeah, he asked me where I where I was located. Didn't respond. Ba -da 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 -da. Rolo, you're probably listening to this. We're gonna get you on. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm getting him on. Uh, do a Zoom. He'll do a Zoom. I'll have him in person at some point too. He's just you know. Uh, and then the we're gonna do the Zoom anyhow, but we were gonna do it in person. Yeah. Well, sure. he's in in Vegas or in Reno. I so. get it. I, yeah. he's now he's doing it with Michael Sartain. If yeah, who's him. a beast. I had him Michael on my show. Awesome. On bro. Zoom. He's great, great guy. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be on here in the next, I don't know, month or so, but, um, recently met him had a brief interaction, but then I, I didn't even realize the show that he did because we had mutual friends and now I watch what he's doing and he's doing stuff with Rolo. I think he's awesome, dude. I think that guy Sartain's a beast. Yeah. yeah. Vegas style. No, he's well-spoken. He's very well-spoken and he does his thing. He's, He's kind of like a, a more mild Dan Bilzerian, but he's different in the sense where he he kind of bef he, he befriends the women where Dan doesn't. It's very interesting. I talked, you should listen to the one. When, when you're taking a drive, bro, listen to it, even if it's in increments. Mm -hmm. Listen to the one I did with uh, with Mike. I'm curious I to will. hear your feedback. Yeah, send really me that curious. link. I, one, one thing, you brought up Dan Bilzerian. A, a, a thing that I took from the Andrew Tate interview Um was he goes, you know, people try to compare me to uh, Dan Bilzerian. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm a pimp. Dan Bilzerian is a customer. Understand the difference. I was like, break that down for me a little bit. What do you mean by that? He's like, the girls work for me. 
a Dan Bilzerian will contact a guy like me to acquire the girls. So let's say he wants 20 girls to come to his yacht party. So Dan will go and pay for the girls or whatever sort of compensation is, is exchanged. And Dan will pay for these women. And when the women get this money, they give me a piece of the money. There's a big difference between me being the pimp and him being the Adam, customer. I happen to agree, and I'm going to tell you why I agree so much. I agree so much, and this is a bit of a knock to Michael Sartain and Dan, even though both of them have gotten a lot more than I have, is the men who have the highest social value. You look at Drake or you look at Andrew Tate or a lot of these other guys. They don't post pictures with women. That's the funniest thing. Hmm. You never really see it. They, they have their own thing. You'll see their private jets in their cars and whatnot. They don't have 20 women in their pictures. And I tend to find that to be the biggest irony because they're probably, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, in terms of the Red Bull space and my end, dude, I, here's my feeling. When Fresh and Fit talk about we're not, uh, us not being equal, I think they, they should rephrase we're equal but different because they always say we're not equal. You're I, saying I, men and women? Right. Okay. Myron says this all the time and that's why I think a lot of people get upset is that, well, they get upset for other reasons, but men and women are equal in terms of our, our value as human beings, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're human, right? We're human. They're human. Great. Agreed. But we're very different. Correct. The, the problem with feminism, and there's nothing I'm telling you you don't know. We're talking to the, to the crowd, but we're having the dialogue is we're different but we each have our roles and i'm it's 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 frustrating that women nowadays are trying so hard to be like us quite frankly i don't even know why they want to be there's so Mm -hmm. much there's so much ag i mean it's a lot it's a lot to deal with they have so much value as women and they're trying so hard to be like us i respect ambition i respect a hard-working woman but it comes at a detriment i'll give you a very good example and she'll probably listen to this and hear this and it is what it is i'm not definitely not going to call her out on it but I posted a video, a reel of Jordan Peterson talking about how women who go through a divorce lower their their market value substantially. Mm-hmm. Because if a guy is a well-to-do guy, take you for example, you would be a divorced woman's wet dream. Not, not because a non-divorced woman would want you, but a divorced woman would say, well, he's 40 years old, he's very good looking, he's part of a massive company, he's successful, he's articulate, he's extroverted. He's a little older. Maybe he'll give me more of a chance, yada, yada. You probably wouldn't do it. Let's call – you might. I doubt it. I don't, I don't know you that well, but you'd probably <laughs> go for a girl who hasn't been married and doesn't have kids. But I think there's a delusion now, and all of you are talking about this. There's a delusion now with social media that women are misconstruing attention for dating attention, right? Just because they're getting a DM, they think that the guy wants to date them. That's not necessarily the case. So if a, if a woman is attractive, say she's 33 years old, she has two kids, she's divorced, the guy wasn't giving her the dick properly, he wasn't dominant enough, he was a bit too submissive, she was making the brunt of the money, she was the breadwinner, and she, she hoped and prayed that eventually he would become masculine enough and make enough money to make, to make her, you know. And it never happened. And now she said, you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm getting all this attention from other men who are more attractive, who are more dominant, who are more wealthy. I, there's better out there for me. Mm-hmm. It comes at a detriment. I don't blame them. If they're unhappy in their marriage, I, I don't blame them for wanting to step out of it. But it comes at a cost. Now that you're out of it, both of you are probably lower on funds. 
unless the husband was very wealthy, if he wasn't, you're, you're low on funds. You now have two kids to take care of. You, both of you have two children. You can't get away from them. If you're an attractive divorced woman with two kids and you're relatively young, you are probably going to be looking for a relatively high-value guy, and that relatively high-value guy is going to be looking for somebody that doesn't have kids. And now you're in this vicious cycle of, of looking to attract men that aren't necessarily looking for you. Do they want to have sex with you? Probably. Do they want to date you? Not necessarily. And I think this is something that a lot of divorced women, single moms don't want to accept. And when we say things like this, we look like the bad guy. But, I mean, I think it just it shows itself, bro. Like it just over and over again shows itself. And I don't say that they don't deserve love. They're, they're good people a lot of the time. Most of them, I mean, they're, they're human beings. They just happen to have kids and be divorced. doesn't mean they shouldn't find love. But I think it's, it's very important, like you said, with the team versus solo, solopreneur thing. You have to remove your ego at some point and be willing to accept reality. And I think that's getting harder and harder to do, especially for women with all of the apps and the social media. They, again, misconstrue sexual interest for dating interest. Yeah, I think um, you know one of the one of the conversations that I have is you know who has it harder, men or women, or what's what's harder uh, to be a man or a woman in today's society, and you know the easy answer is well a man has it harder, bro. A man's fucking got to get his ass up and he's got to work and he's you know he's there's a war the guy has to go to war and. It, He's got to bring home the bacon and he's got to pay the bills. He's got to be the man. Okay. But for the woman, what is the woman's role today? Is she the CEO, the boss babe? Does she go out and she, is she the earner? Is she going to school? Is she getting a master's? Is she making money? Is she the breadwinner? Is she the boss CEO chick or is she the housewife? And is she just comfortable being the number two and, and raising the kids and being a stay at home mom? Like, which one is it? So for me, you know, the easy answer is, yeah, it's harder for a man. But the more nuanced answer is actually harder to be a woman, a woman today because I like clarity above all. If you're like, I don't know, one day I'm a mom and one day I'm a CEO, which one is it? It's very hard to be both. You know, as a man, you got to wake up every day, bust your ass, get your ass to work, look good, look your best, network, you know, crush it, make some money save invest pay the bills like you know what you have to do and it's just like Adam, run lot, straight there's a lot of guys that do not know what to do well yeah, we they need know. to at least learn what to do women are going to hear conflicting messages and that's okay. the problem is that should you be the chick that works and stay and 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 you know has a career and next thing you know you're 42 and you're like i'm unmarried no kids what the hell have i been doing or do you submit to the man and be the stay-at-home housewife, but then you like lose your sense of self, and you don't have independence, and you don't have financial freedom. It's 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 harder in that context to be the the woman. So for a man, I know what you're saying is like, well, it's not that easy to be a man. No fucking shit. I'd, However, I would prefer being a man. In every yeah, obviously day we're of dudes. Week. Of course, I'm gonna agree with you, no <laughs> doubt. Um, but in today's American society women are conflicted and you know i try to put myself i i can give men advice all day every day because i am a man i can't really give women advice because i've never been a woman i don't know what it's like 
in that side of, of the I equation. You, I think you still can give women advice. Bro. I can give them a general sense of advice, but I can't give them how I'd give advice to a guy. For sure. Okay? You can give a recommendation, but you don't know how women think, feel, operate, because you're not a woman. And women are so complex, bro. Like I, They're way more complex so, than men. They're so complicated. They don't even know themselves, dude. It's it's. Uh, They're also very emotional, where men tend to be more logical that's and rational. What's so challenging is, I here's my feeling, and it, it's my feeling, and I'm 28 years old, and I may change it, and I'm open to that. There are always exceptions. There are women that like submissive men because they're extremely dominant, and any man that's more dominant than they are either doesn't want them because you know that guy doesn't have patience to keep arguing. Of course, you know, the Rolo and, and Myron talk about this. Or she just likes a more submissive guy. Maybe it turns her on, she likes it, whatever. Exceptions are exceptions. I think if we're talking about the general rule of thumb mm-hmm. across the entire world, now different cultures are, are, have their own spices and interests and whatnot. But I think if, say America, let's talk about America, I would say most American men prefer feminine women and most feminine women prefer masculine men now that that is yeah. also nuanced that's not a that's not but, a, uh, but a lot, but you'd be surprised how many people would give us a whole jibber jabber about right it. but that's i don't think a controversial opinion i think i, I, I not that like, i'm i'm not coming yeah. down on you i'm just saying no, that's no, i don't think that at all for millennia that's exactly what it was but it's been different now and the difference is also right. that because of how things have changed so many guys are aren't masculine and so many women aren't feminine and i think and, and i'm gonna shit on guys for a second is all these guys I'll see them in your comments complaining about women mistreating them and cheating on them Mm -hmm. it's like dude if you have no ambition whatsoever and you're not working on yourself in the slightest yeah and she doesn't want to be with you I don't really blame her if you want to be the leader that she's looking for but you Mm -hmm. have no leadership skill then you can't blame her for walking out and wanting something better so I think it's important for women to acknowledge that they're probably probably going to be happier playing not playing the leadership role and having a man who can actually play the leadership role because a lot of the time a woman might choose a guy who actually who can actually play that role you know so it's that's what's very important yeah i mean look (laughs) i love women like i other than my boys (laughs) i'd rather hang out with chicks any day of the week okay I, i i i say this all the time i don't have many hobbies Okay, I don't do rock climbing. I don't do parasailing. I don't collect stamps. I don't play poker. I don't go to the casino. I just, you know, I like to make money. I like to hang out with my buddies and I like to hang out with hot chicks. Very simple calculation right there. So if you know what you like to do, you know, it's it's easy to do that. So um, you're never going to see me talking shit about women. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of girlfriends, like friends, girls, hang out, like go out. There's a lot of girls I date and kick it with. Um, I'm not saying I'm settling down with all these girls, but I appreciate feminine women. I appreciate beautiful women. I appreciate cool women. I appreciate funny women. It's fun to hang out with women. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the challenge that the red pill community has is they're like, fuck women. They suck. They don't bet. It's like, buddy, you're never going to see a guy like whether it's Andrew Tate or Leonardo DiCaprio or freaking George Clooney, shit on women. Right. They're going to say women are amazing. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
they're the most amazing creatures on the planet. Like wars are fought over beautiful women. That's crazy. Okay. They're just not men. Okay. You might talk shit about some women or some things that women are doing, but most guys that have success with women appreciate women and they treat women like a gentleman. Mm -hmm. So like I had this conversation that people are having this exact same conversation. Um, and they said, well, you know, if you're a player and you get a lot of women, why is, you know, why, why does it, why can a guy do that? But a girl, you know, when she does it, it's, it's totally different. I said, I said, <laughs> I said, amazing. Other than biologically, you know, a man can go and ha- spread his seed everywhere. A woman, if she gets pregnant, it's nine months, one man, like, right, like right. other than that. Right. But do you understand how difficult it is? for a man to get a lot of women versus for a woman to get a lot of man for a guy. Let's say a guy sleeps with a hundred women or a thousand women. Do you know what kind of value that guy needs to have or what kind of status that guy, that guy needs to be good looking. That guy needs to be successful. He's got to have a good sense of humor. He's got to have connections. He's got to have a network. He's got to have game. He's got to know all the people in the city. He's got to, you know, be able to tell jokes. He needs to be able to be a gentleman. He needs to pick his girl up on time. He needs to be he number need... two for Valuetainment. He's got to play sports. All that. He football, needs basketball. All that. He needs to be an athlete. <laughs> he needs to be a tough guy. He need... There's so many different qualifications for that guy just to get access to all those women. For a woman, if she's marginally attractive, throw on some makeup, put on a nice little mini skirt, some dude will bang you that night. No doubt. So it's totally different men and women. It's crazy that there that I actually have had these discussions. But but every time I articulate it, the woman understands. I'm like, you can do you understand that you can go out right now to any venue and if your goal is to get laid, it will happen. Might not be the guy you were looking for. You might not be thrilled with the prospect. But if your ultimate goal is to do it, it yes. will happen. As a guy, we can be very attractive. We can have a Lamborghini. We might still be rejected by the so-called girl who's not in our league, you know, which is mm-hmm. – but, you know, everyone kind of knows what that means. That's just how it is. Women are more selective. Men tend to be less selective. It is men are the gas. Women are the brakes. <laughs> right. So It's a good, a good way to look at it. You know, men are offense. Women are defense, <laughs> you know. Men are the hunters, women are the gatherers. It, like it, has, it, it, it has to stay that way. It, it, it needs to be that way. The problem is, and I don't know if it's a problem, but the, the situation is, you know, since 1980, I say this all the time, you know, the movie Working 9 to 5, <laughs> Dolly Parton and the cast that was on there, Working 9 to 5. All women wanted was to just be able to have a job, be treated equally, and not get sexually harassed in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Totally understand that. That's very all good. Like I'm not an advocate of the Me Too movement. Like right. I don't. I'm not an advocate of disrespecting women or using your power to subjugate women to for sexual favors at all. Right. Um, but what you know, there's a, a saying in the in the red pill space, Manosphere's phrase, like alpha fucks, beta bucks, or uh, alpha that. lays, beta pays. Right. And since women have been working, and you see the stats out there, they're better in high school they're more valedictorians are women more women go to college more women have college debt more women have college degrees more women are highly educated due to the due to the concept of hypergamy they're not going to date down so they're only looking for better and better people uh better and better men to date up but women no longer need 
beta guys to pay the bills. So the women that, you know, 20% of the top guys are getting 80% of the women. It's always been that way. Okay? And exactly. It's always been that way. Whether it's gorillas or now, lions or all that. But now it's even more so. More, now those women more. say, why am I going to settle <laughs> for Bill the Barber right. who's making 60 grand a year when I make 80 grand a year? I'm not going to settle for that guy. I want the top G guy. I want a pimp type guy. I'm not going to settle. So I'll keep, you know, shuffle up and deal. What's the next hand, next hand, next hand. The problem is with the next hand, now you're 42 years old and you're single. And why would a successful 45-year-old guy who's making money or a successful 40-year-old guy want you when he can go get a 26-year-old version of you? By the way, this is something that really is hard for women older women to accept though i'm friends with these women i'm 40 mm, fucking two years old them, some of them are able to see read read what you're saying and understand it without getting offended no they're always going to be offended there's women that that hit me up and they're like i can't believe you just said that and i'm like nothing i said was wrong Dude, I, though. Said th- I know thing. i hurt your feelings and I'm sorry, I love you, but this is the truth. Yeah. I, uh, okay. Was, there, was a, there was someone I had on my podcast who got so upset at me for posting or sharing what you said. And I, and I, I refused to throw you under the bus. I was like, no, no, no. I, sh- I sent it to you because that's how I think. Yeah. And it's like, she got so upset about it. And it's like, listen, it's not. I think the problem is women being emotional, instead of listening to the whole message, dissecting the message and, and trying to remove their emotion from mm-hmm. it it becomes very personal. They see it as an attack and they label whoever's saying it as that person attacking them where it's, of course it hurts to hear it, but you're going to realize it at some point. And and of course that every situation is different. It's nuanced. There's, There's different situations involved in all this context, but we're obviously talking in generalities here. You know, everyone's gonna be like, well, my you know, my husband, my, my wife, it's like, I get that, but I can't, I don't know everyone's situation here. Yeah, so you have right. to kind of be, you know, reasonable. You're paint, painting with a, with a wide brush, wide what they brush. say. Right, right. So yeah, keep going. We can go for like 10 more minutes. Go ahead. Uh, we'll keep go going. Ahead. Um, okay. So, I mean, we covered, we covered the whole, you know, older women, single mom thing. I mean, we went into this whole red pole thing. Uh, there, there are so many exceptions to the rule I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I'm 28 years old. I know for myself, in order for me to feel satisfied, I need to be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. I need to be in, a, in a, a solid position financially. I need to be in a solid position physically. I need to feel that I am in a position to lead the relationship. I can take care of kids. I can take care of her. If she chooses to work, great. If she chooses not to work, fantastic. There are too many options. Women have way too many options now. You, you just you can't be average if you want to live a happy fulfilling marriage be in a happy fulfilling relationship the woman needs to really admire you she needs to look up to you you can't she can't just you can't be some run-of-the-mill guy anymore yeah i think you that used to be the case the thing for me is i i embrace that with everything i love that uh, to me it bring it on mm-hmm. if i need to be different if i need to be exceptional and that's what it'll take to flip the roles where i'm now the commodity and women now have to, I don't, I don't want to say fight for me because it sounds conceited, but they're now saying, well, every other guy I come in contact with is so regular and so average and they have no ambition. And this guy, Rafi, is working so hard to attain what he's looking to attain. Mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to get to know him. I don't know if I want to date him. I don't know if I want to marry him. 
I want to get to know him. And that puts me in, in a very good position. You know, so that's that's something I agree with. Imagine that. Improving your status will get you better things in People life. Don't think about Can it. you fucking believe People that? Don't think about it. Getting better, faster, stronger, smarter, cooler, wealthier, all that will lead to good things. What a fucking innovative idea. New to me. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. You know, for it's never the men who have made a ton of money and have gotten a ton of chicks and have had a ton of success, right, that are complaining about the women. I'd be the same dude if I was 21 years old, not getting laid, having no money, seeing all the success around me, I'd be angry too. Right. But the beautiful thing is as a man is that you can go improve. Right. You can go build more wealth. You can get more attractive and physically better. You can develop your status that's a beautiful thing about being a man so there's something that i talk about with money um and it's the traffic light analogy right red light yellow light green light so with money you start if you're in red light you're drowning in debt or you're paycheck to paycheck you're trying to just get debt free so you can save some money so you can get to the yellow light yellow light is all right i've saved up some money i'm no longer debt uh living in debt I'm debt-free now. Now I'm able to save. All right, I'm not longer a paycheck. I'm yellow light. But to get to green light, now you can start investing and building a portfolio and having assets and commodities and building your wealth. So, you know, keep it simple. The rule of threes, red light, yellow light, green light. Now, as a man in the relationship context, a man is born as a red light. You're born with fucking nothing. You got nothing. Nothing. You've got no brains. You've got no muscles. You've got no nothing. Unless you're born with a oh, silver Adam, spoon. On, bro. I I I'm something. just saying. And and as a man, it is now on you to improve and go from red light to yellow light to green light to, to build your wealth, to build your status, to build your network. And that's great. Women, there's plenty of women that are born and they're beautiful women and attractive women or maybe they have wealthy families. They're automatically born as a green light from age five as a princess and they're a beautiful girl and they turn into a beautiful 18 year old girl 21 year old girl 30 year old girl and that's just the reality of life is that for the longest time beautiful women have had the the world is their oyster oyster. all good but to to get mad at that don't hate the player hate the game like that's just the game of life but this leads me to to another point is this is polarity Right, women start with the value early and lose it as they get older. Correct. Men, men do not have the value early and have to build it. Both have their advantages and, yes. advantages and disadvantages. Both sides have to accept where they stand and what they need to do to get there. Yeah. And I think the more they can come to terms with reality, the better off they'll be. You know, and and that's really what it comes down to. Both are wonderful. The polarity is so important, though. We're we're so fixated on trying to be like the other. Yeah. We should be embracing the idea of being what we are. And what we Let me give you some examples here. Uh, Pamela Anderson. Hottest chick on the planet in the 90s and the 2000s. Other than for like to say you did it, you're not banging Pamela Anderson now. Britney Spears. You talk about 1998. Yeah, she was the, the girl, yeah. The, the hit me baby one more time, whatever, one more chance, whatever the hell that was, she took the world by storm because she was a gorgeous 18-year-old, you know, freshman and cut co- like, you're not going to bang Britney Spears now. She's like insane. <laughs> Madonna in the 80s and 90s, 
Janet Jackson. Like the list goes on and on. Gorgeous, amazing, talented women. Now that they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, keep it moving. Right. However, Leonardo DiCaprio, mid 40s. George Clooney, mid 40s. Elon Musk, 50. Jeff Bezos, even. Oh, I know chicks who would bang Bill Gates, no problem. Jack Nicholson. Just Jack Nicholson so men, it takes longer to provide value to the marketplace. Whereas women who are judged by beauty, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They're their market value or their sexual market value diminishes over time. And that's just the laws of nature, baby. Yeah. So um, hate on it all you want, but like nobody's trying to take down Pamela Anderson these days. Okay. Meanwhile, Tommy Lee, I'm sure can still get it in whatever he wants. That's the difference between men and women. Facts on facts, my guy. I do for, for relationship. Obviously I think there's more depth than looks. Of course. <laughs> but looks are the first, are the first thing. For women, looks is first, or beauty, whether it's external or internal. What do you mean what we look for? Of course. Oh, yeah. That's if you're saying. swiping on an app, well, okay, well, quite frankly, and you see well, a unattractive well, woman, you're not going to take a second to read her bio. You've already swiped left. 100%. Okay? Whereas if you see a pretty girl, you're automatically going to swipe right, and then you'll do your due diligence. Oh, okay, she's from certain country or certain religion. Oh, is that worth it? But automatically, yo, I'm in. This is what I talked about falling in love with your eyes. I mean, if it's says, very easy for a man to just says, fall in love with your eyes. If it says throat goat in the subscription, <laughs> you'll swipe right on that. Ultimately, I could give advice to men. I do that all day. My advice to women is, you know, seize the moment. Carpe diem if you're a woman. Uh, the, I, I speak, I say this all the time. Like, I've, there's plenty of women who are my age in their late 30s, early 40s who should have, could have, would have settled down a decade ago, but they didn't. And it actually pains me to see them still single. My sister's two years younger than me. She's 39, about to be 40. She's married with a kid. If my sister was still fucking out there in the streets in the same clubs that I'm in right now, and she's about to be 40, I would be fucking paranoid as hell. I'm like, get your life together, girl. You should have been married a decade ago, okay? And thankfully she is. So for me, whether I get married at 42 or 45, I know that I'm going to have money, success, status, network, wealth. So when I bring a kid into the world and I have a wife, life's going to be good. Right. doesn't work that way. Kid, a woman can barely even have a kid by the time she's 40. You are, you are in, in a 10 times better position. I do think, quite frankly, it's still, you are obviously on the older side, but you are in a position, you put yourself in a position where you really couldn't be in a better place at your age. Well, you yeah. could have more millions, but in terms of you're in shape, you work for an, an, an incredible company, you're at the top of the company, you have, a, you have great attributes, dude. Thank you, I give you, I give you, I give you, I would say probably two, three years, but it's tough. Until <laughs> I get I would, married. I would say, I think in the next two, three years, he's going to pull it off. I think I'm also manifesting it, so now he's going to remember. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest lesson that I learned is because I was almost married, I was very close to it, and I, I had a, what I call a marriage mulligan, um, is that because I have been so close, and I know, what, I know that if I did get married at the time, I would have, and I had a prenup and all that, okay. if I didn't have a prenup, if I would have gone down that path, spent the wedding, had kids, I would 100% be divorced right now. My wife would have taken half my shit. I'd barely be seeing my kids. 
I'd be a miserable shell of myself. It's horrible. But be, and I've seen that happen to men, okay? Because they were marrying with their eyes or to just, you know, whatever pressure, whatever society. Real quick, Rolo talks about the one-itis, if you're familiar. 100%. That's a exactly. But for a man, um, it, it's so much... I would highly advise you to test as test drive as many cars as possible before buying that final car of your life. Whereas a woman, it's a little bit different. You test drive too many cars, nobody's going to want to lease you or <laughs> or buy you whatsoever. Well, so the rules are different. So hopefully, hopefully that some of this stuff resonated with the audience today. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm in full agreement. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> I'm in full agreement. Guys, yeah, definitely leave your comments. We're going to wrap it up here. Adam, I hope you, you come on for another episode in the future. But uh, this has been... <clears throat> I'm dying here. I need to like let out a crazy cough. I'll do it after. Um, I have waited a very long time for this opportunity. Yeah, good we things take shot, time, buddy. They sure do. We, <laughs> shot, we shot the shit. We had whiskey. Yes. Said, How long have we been talking for? An hour and a half, probably. Oh, yeah, look at us. Hour and 45. See that? Awesome, bro. Well, 10 minutes was audio and coughing, so we'll cut that out. <laughs> but, Rafi, thank you for having me, brother. Good things take time, and I'm glad we were able to finally connect, bro. Absolutely. Respect. Guys, I mean, this is, dude, it's, it's, I'm so honored, man. Thank you. Thank of course. You, thank bro. you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Guys, make sure to subscribe. Check out the SauceCast. Check out the PBD podcast. Follow Adam at Adam, you're Adam Sosnick on Instagram. Sos talks money on Instagram. Yeah, I forgot what the handle was. It's all good. I follow you. Okay, follow Patrick, but David, follow at. There are plenty of other people. We're Valuetainment. We're doing draw, things uh, at Valuetainment. There's there are wonderful people at this company. I am a huge fan of everything Valuetainment. I post I post your content, Patrick's content. I post your content all the fucking time. Anyone, anyone who knows me and follows me on Instagram knows that Valuetainment is. <laughs> I love you guys, man. Well, thank you. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, so I hope you guys made it this far. And if you did, make sure to leave your comments. Whether you agree or disagree, I welcome them. And uh, I will see you on the next one.